The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome. Episode number five of The Mr. Nelson Show. So, this episode, I thought I'd do the usual things I do, but also... There's been some premieres of new television series, and uh, I think I'll go over a few of those, and some that have long gone, and, you know, that sort of thing. But first, I think it's important we talk about the other members of the Bob Levy Show family. Yes, yes. Last week, I discussed the mystery of John Kinsel, And now, how about that lovable lowland gorilla... Joe Conti. Yes. And once again, I go to the real source of this information. That's right. JoeConti.com Joe Conti has been able to take experiences as a chubby, attention-seeking, oldest of three children growing up in a first-generation Italian household and make it sound like he actually had fun. Audiences will hear about his never good enough to please father, and narcissistic, always the victim, but sweet mother. Other things they will be privy to, like going to school, being from New Jersey, and dating. Yes, the audience will walk away happy. They aren't him. His likability makes it easy for people to be empathetic towards him, yet his sometimes creepiness will have them squirming in their seats. But when it's all over, they will all agree. This guy is pathetic and hysterical, all in one package. His frustration, anger, and passionate personality on stage will grab you and bring you along for the ride. You know, Joe has been co-host of the weekly internet radio show podcast, The Conti and Kinney Show, since 2005. The show features Joe and his pal and fellow comedian, Kenny Michaels. Yes, THE Kenny Michaels, the legendary amateur baseball player whose career ended sadly when his car broke down and he missed a game. Meanwhile, Conti and Kitty has been dubbed somewhat lowbrow and cultish. Check it out on morelikeradio.com, Monday nights, 7 to 10 p.m., or subscribe on iTunes. Joe has headlined clubs like The Comedy Shop, Catch a Rising Star, and others. He is also a favorite for private parties. <laughs> oh, yeah, fundraisers and casinos. And, of course, he's a lovable co-host of the Bob Levy Show. But when it gets right down to it, you want to know what I find the most impressive about Joe? And this is from the heart. Let me tell you what the deal is. You see, when Joe... We interrupt this program to bring you this special news bulletin. DNA from man's poopy shorts leads to his arrest. This particular story was written by Huffington Post reporter David Moy who apparently fancies himself quite the comedian because of lines like this. It was the doo-doo that did him in. 
Oh, David. Rodney Mark Hendricks, 49, is accused of burglarizing a Denver preschool and church in August 2014 and was caught due to a DNA test of a pair of poopy shorts left in a bathroom at the crime scene. A preschool employee noticed the crap-stained clothes and put them in a plastic bag before the police arrived, according to the arrest affidavit. The responding officer took the contaminated shorts into evidence, but it took 13.5 months for them to worm their way through the forensics labs, according to Lynn Kimbrough, a spokesperson for the Denver District Attorney. In Colorado, a DNA sample is taken for anyone who is arrested for a felony. Kimbrough told HuffPost, So when they ran the unknown sample, his DNA was already in the system. Kinbro didn't want to venture a guess as to what the poopy shorts smelled like after more than a year. <laughs> oh, Dave. Hendrix is accused of stealing two guitars from the church and numerous electronic items from the school, with a combined total value of $4,072. He was charged earlier this week of two counts of burglary, two counts of theft, and one count of identity theft. The suspect was already in custody in the Colorado Department of Corrections on unrelated theft and drug cases when the shit hit the fan. Hendricks is scheduled to appear in Denver County Court on October 16th to be formally advised of the charges. <laughs> Sounds like he really shit his pants. <laughs> oh my. Here's another story from David Boy. Man in bitter divorce battle sleeps on front lawn for over six months. A house is literally not a home for a man in Texas who has been living on his front lawn since his wife kicked him out in March. Sheriffat, gone, 69, has camped on the front yard of the million-dollar home he co-owns in Lakeview ever since his wife, Dr. Shanaz, gone, told him to leave, took away his keys, and changed the locks. I'm really weak. But otherwise, okay. Gone! Told KHOU-TV while seated under the palm trees on the yard. Gone! Has spent most nights since March wrapped in a sheet on the front porch. He has no shoes or bathroom facilities. Gone! Said he doesn't have access to the couple's money and is basically homeless, even though he owns half of the mansion. But admitted to KHOU-TV that his six-month sleep-in is basically a protest. Gone! Admits... He could stay with friends or in a hotel if he chose. But I'm on my own property, he said. Lakeview police told KPRC-TV that officers had visited the mansion more than 30 times in the last six months because of guns, health issues, including diabetes, and because of arguments between the couple. Meanwhile, neighbors feeling sorry for gun have given him food, which angers his wife. A sign is now posted on the front lawn asking people not to feed gun because the meals sometimes become infested with maggots. If you want to feed him, take him to your house. If you want to, you can keep him at your house. Thanks for your sympathy. The sign reads, Neighbors may be sympathetic to GUN, but his estranged family is not. GUN! 30-year-old son Zane GUN wrote on his Facebook that his father has abused his mother emotionally as well as physically. Sheriff at GUN was arrested in September 2008 on a charge of assaulting a family member. After he allegedly hit his wife with his hand, he was placed on community supervision, which ended in July 2009. Zane 
Tons! Facebook post also accused his dad of stealing money from his mother to give to relatives in California. Sheriff at Con said he is open to divorcing his wife, but told KPRC-TV he doesn't have enough money and she doesn't want to hand over half of her fortune. Zane Khan told the paper he has tried to help his father by getting him into medical facilities and nursing homes, but his dad always leaves them and comes back to the front lawn. Shanaz Khan officially filed for divorce in June and has filed numerous restraining and protective orders against her estranged husband since 2008. Lakeview police say they have no legal ability to remove Khan from the front yard as he is still a co-owner of the property. And then there's this from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Cambridge police are looking for the man who dressed as a priest and committed a lewd act at the altar of a church last month. Video shows the unidentified man dressed in a robe and walking around inside the St. Sava Serbian Church on Elwife Brook Parkway on September 29th. He stripped himself down to being naked and then performed a sexual act on the order stage. Cambridge Police Spokesman Jeremy Warnick said, Police said when he walked into the church around 3 a.m. and found the priest's robes, he wore them for 45 minutes before stripping down. You're just as confused as to why someone would do this. Church board member Alexander Pogorzelski said, He is described as a white man in his 20s and was seen wearing glasses. Anyone who may know the identity of the man is asked to call police. Well, and on that sticky note, we'll end this edition of Nelson News. We'll be right back after these important messages. Here's a film that makes Vincent Price's last man on earth look like Citizen Kane. A tax-cheating man, his self-absorbed wife, and his lazy lawyer find themselves to be the last three people on earth. Well, actually, the last three people in Puerto Rico, as they never really bothered to establish the whole world is dead. Anyway, they spend the rest of the movie fighting over the last woman while she enjoys the attention. Also in this package deal is Chapter 2 of Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe. Ming pouts and feels sorry for himself, while Flash and his gang go hiking in the mountains. This film, like many of the films in my store, contains music by Kevin MacLeod. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Why don't you head over to Selfie.com slash Nelson and get your hands on some of these goodies. That's Selfie, S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash Nelson, N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Nelson. Yes, it's just that simple. And now, it's time for Cold Blue. With our heroes, Doctors Levy, Conti, and Kinsel. Well, Mr. Tinklestein, what seems to be the problem? Well, Dr. Levy, it's, um, a few months back, I had a penile implant put in. Wow. I couldn't use the normal treatments of, you know, Viagra and Cialis because of my heart condition, and so, well, an implant was put in, and... Well, everything seemed fine, but, uh, 
What? Is it defective? It doesn't work? What's the problem? It, it makes a sound. It's a silly, humiliating noise. Uh, how bad can it be? All right, drop your drawers and let's see what we got here. All right. Uh, okay, here it goes. I'll, I'll activate it. <laughs> it. It's no laughing matter, Doctor. I, my marriage is on the brink of destruction because of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> Boy, I can't stay in the mood when you're laughing that hard. <laughs> it's not only that. Sometimes it... It goes off on its own, right at the office in the middle of work and important meetings. <laughs> I don't think you fully oh, understand man. how much torment I'm in hang here. Hang on a minute, hang on. I gotta catch my breath here. All right, all right, look, 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 look. All right, put that thing down. I don't want that staring at me. Okay, I'll deflate it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> God damn. Oh, Jesus Christ, this is gold. Meanwhile, on the next floor, we find the offices of psychiatrist Dr. John Kinsel. Oh, Dr. Kinsel, I just, I don't know what this means, but I deeply love my husband, and we've had a good marriage for the four years we've been together, but sometimes when I'm alone, and I, you know, touch myself, I dream about other women. Does that make me gay? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Let me let me find somebody who can help you with this. What what are you doing? Hang on. Alright, here we go. What are you doing with that puppet on your hand? <laughs> Relax. It's therapy. This is Betty the Butch. <laughs> say hi to Be say hi to say hi to Laura, Betty. Well hi there, Laura. Let me tell you, honey. Oh, I'd love nothing more than to dive right into your fish bucket. Oh, oh, oh let me tell you. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, this is totally inappropriate and outrageous, Doctor. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> if she went down on you, <laughs> it'd be more like a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, down the hall, Dr. Joe Conti begins his rounds. So, uh, Mr. Brownspot, uh, what seems to be the trouble today for you? Well, Dr. Conti, I, uh... Lately, I've been suffering from severe gastrointestinal problems, resulting in uncontrollable flatulence that never seems to end. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <coughs> oh, jeez. Oh, let me, uh, let me get the window. Uh, oh, hang on, that's my phone. Let me check that. But then, static electricity from Conti's phone ignites the methane gas that has been collected in the exam room, resulting in... Will Dr. Conti and Mr. Brownspot survive? What about Dr. Levy and his patient? Can he solve the problem of those cartoon noises for that man's privates? And what about Dr. Kinsel? Is his therapy unorthodox or just batshit crazy? Tune in next time for another episode of Code Blue. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall in the beginning days of a great rock and roll band? 
Well, now's your chance, thanks to the 21st Century Rock and Roll Podcast, hosted by young Dom Levy and Billy the Kid Thoden. Tune in as they treat you to the return of rock and roll. And you'll have a front row seat at RadioMisfits.com. Hey, New Jersey, looks like you've got nothing better to do. Why waste time watching TV when you can head over to Frenchtown, New Jersey at Artie's Bar and Grill. At Friday, October 23rd, 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., see The Reverend Bob Levy with John Kinsel and Adam Lucidi. It's a KTEF fundraiser. Tickets are $40. Doors open at 6.30. Show starts promptly at 8 p.m. Go to RevBobLevy.com for further info. Okay, welcome back to the Mr. Nelson Show. Recently on the Bob Levy Show, a certain hissy fit was discussed. A hissy fit between Howard Stern and former frontman of Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. The hissy fit was concerning the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. You see, well, I'll just play the clip. I mean, after all, let's let John Kinsel explain it. I mean... <laughs> Who am I to think I could do a better job? <laughs> it all started when a uh, uh, Freehold, New Jersey's second most famous uh, musician, uh, Bon Jovi, oh, yeah. was to, to want to do a concert in Tel Aviv. Why? There's no money in it. <laughs> and uh, uh, well, what happened was Roger Waters, who's a big pro-Palestinian supporter, and he thinks that uh, Israel is like enslaving and, and uh, torture, keeping the Palestinians down. So Roger Waters, the singer from the, you know, the, one of the founders of uh, Pink Floyd, wrote a. No, it's not the Pink Floyd. <laughs> it's Pink Floyd. It's, Pink. it's not. Are these, are these young fellas on the pot? <laughs> yeah, I remember they played with the Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, the Motley Crue, <laughs> the Black Sabbath. So, so he he wrote a, a letter to Bon Jovi, Roger Waters, saying you shouldn't play there. They're oppressive to the Palestinians. So okay, bon- does he have proof? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I know they've been going at a war. They've been attacking each other for years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Since know that Israel, yeah, Israel is by themselves out there. I know that. And mm-hmm. they're surrounded by, you know, people that probably don't want them there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so uh, Bon Jovi played it anyway. When, when Stern got news of the letter that Roger Waters wrote, he went on a tirade on... Monday or Tuesday morning about like you know shut the fuck up mind your own business and whoa, whoa. Yeah, on serious radio yeah right. that kind of language well we all know Mr. Hoo can be quite the asshole but I'm afraid in this particular scenario Mr. Hoo has a point there never was a Palestine it's just a piece of land that's been tossed around between empires from the Roman Empire to the Byzantine Empire, which had been the Roman Empire, and then the Ottoman Empire, and then the British Empire, and then we end up where we are now. Yes, you see, the PLO, which had been led by Yasser Arafat, well, Yasser Arafat had a teacher. Two, actually. One was the Grand Mufti, who was quite the Nazi sympathizer during World War II. Oh, yes, yes, he was big friends with Hitler and Himmler and and those guys. 
and one of the other Nazis, one of their top commando, actually, uh, Otto Scorsini, who escaped any uh, justice of war crimes or anything, ended up living in Egypt for a while, uh, mentored people like Yasser Arafat on the tactics of terrorism. How about that, huh? What a great lineage for this golden glory boys that uh, Roger Waters seems so fond of. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's a little background on those guys. So, yes, in 1948, the state of Israel was founded, and they've been fighting over it ever since because they just don't like having Jews around. Now, a lot of people have sympathies because of the imagery of uh, Palestinians uh, living out there and they're screaming about being under occupation and whatnot. But, of course, they keep uh, trying to murder Israelis. Uh, the Israelis don't trust them, so uh, <laughs> it's not like they can just ignore them, huh? So everyone's trying to think, oh, there has to be a peace deal, what have you. Well, there was a peace deal. They, I mean, I was sympathetic for them in my younger days because uh, the Israelis were doing their settlements in that territory, and, there was, and then uh, people were saying, hey, well, the Palestinians are claiming that. And they're saying, well, it's disputed territory. Well, golly, Israel, how are you going to put down a foundation on territory that you're saying is disputed. But anyway, by the end of the 90s, President Clinton and the Israeli Prime Minister at the time, Ehud Barak, met with Arafat and they hammered out a deal where 90% of the property that was up for grabs for the Palestinians was to be handed over to them to form their state. And Arafat's response was to throw the deal in their face and begin the Intifada, which lasted for two years. What was the Intifada, Doug? Well, it was two years of wholesale slaughter. That's why the Israelis built a wall there now to keep the terrorists from coming in because they were blowing up pizzerias and buses and whatnot. Ah, yes. The Israelis, they didn't like that. So anyway, this went on for two years until 9-11 happened, and then things kind of calmed down for a bit. But not before they went out in the streets and celebrated 9-11. Yes, don't forget that. Yes, they sure did. They tend to celebrate a lot of murderers, yes, especially uh, guys who blow themselves up and kill the rest of their martyrs and whatnot. So they get posters in their streets and stuff, and they're big-time heroes in good old Palestine. Even guys who attack uh, an Israeli's home and they sneak in and hack everybody to pieces with, with a knife, uh, even their little baby who was laying in a crib, I mean, he looked right down at the baby and hacked away at it. Yeah, that's a hero in Palestine. He, he's got posters everywhere. How about that, huh? So, now everybody loses their shit when some crazy, you know, uh, fundamentalist Jewish guy decides to go burn a Palestinian family or something like that. But he's going to jail. There's no posters of him in Israel about what a great hero he is. Uh, it's just not analogous. So, uh, that and the point that Roger Waters is quite the douchey idiot. I mean, even the band Pink Floyd couldn't stand him. They kicked him out. So... You know, as much as I like the Pink Floyd music, especially when he was with it, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's an asshole <laughs> and a moron. So, uh, yeah, I'm afraid Mr. Hoo-Hoo has a point. But, you know, if you're worried about that, don't worry, because Mr. Hoo-Hoo, like a lot of people, you know, Bill Maher and John Stewart and whatnot, they prove that old adage that even a broken clock can be right twice a day. Mr. Nelson here. Say, do you love the sound of my voice? <laughs> I know, me too. Well, now, with a little chump change, you can enjoy the sound of my voice while watching a movie. That's right. Films like Beast from Haunted Cave. It's about a bank heist gone wrong. 
No, it doesn't go wrong because the handsome ski instructor foils the plot. Or because the Robert's chain-smoking nymphomaniac girlfriend turns on him. No, it's because the gang didn't count on a giant spider monster living in a nearby haunted cave. The film stars Michael Forrest, who portrayed Apollo in the original Star Trek TV series. Yes, he's the guy who became a giant, making Captain Kirk look up his toga. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfy.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> yes, Nelson, for me. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfy.com slash Nelson. You know that other show Bob Levy has, Beauty and the Beast with the lovely Sahari Candela? Yes, that one. Well, on a recent episode, a back door was opened into some intimate secrets concerning Miss Candela. Because I don't feel like a woman should give all their best secrets right off jump. So you're saying no anal until the ring? No, I've done anal. Yes. But, see, but I don't think that... You should do anal with everybody. No, it's a gift. It's it's a gift that should be given only to the great. Uh, and, and here's a, and here's the thing. So it's a gift. It's a gift given to. It's him. a gift, but I don't have a. I like. I'm not a person that hates it. I actually love it more than than penis you, and vagina. Oh my god! Are you serious? I, yeah, dead serious. Holy I don't think I, I like it more than that. But oh my god. <laughs> I am, Dad? I, I am try, I'm squeezing my dick to keep it down right now. Stop it. <laughs> oh, man. There is a God. <laughs> Are you looking for happiness? Then comedian Joe Conti has got good news for you. So, uh, I'm a single guy. I'm not married. Um... Most people here are single. We have a uh, single women here tonight. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a lot of laughs, but there's also a philosophical search. These are uh, thoughts that I have in my head, and I wanted to share them with you. If a bulimic had Alzheimer's, would they still be fat because they keep forgetting to throw up? Is bowling not a sport, but just an activity for alcoholics too lazy to play softball? <laughs> if America created a gay, patriotic airline, would they call it the Fruited Plains? And would they have a mild deep club? Was that too far? Was that the point? Right there. Boom! Too far for this audience. And of course... A little something for the lady. Uh, this is for every woman in here. Every woman is every woman's real fantasy, real sexual fantasy, to have a really good-looking gynecologist with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's more where that came from. So do yourself a favor. Head over to iTunes or Amazon and order yourself some happiness from Joe Gotti. A lot of good-looking girls in this audience now. I got a fucking log in my underwear. 
That's right, I had a wooden cock. I was circumcised with a pencil sharpener. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There you can order Otto and George's new DVD slash CD in concert. And you can get his new t-shirt. Or anything Otto and George can be found at autoandgeorge.com. Hi, I'm Flo. Welcome to Regressive Insurance. How can I help you? Flo, is it true you insure body parts? You know what I mean? Like supermodels insuring their legs and tits. Oh, yes. Regressive is willing to insure anything with premium deals second to none. Can you insure my hog? Your hog? Yeah. Here, let me show you. Oh, wow. That's so big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Want to pet it? Oh, my gosh. Wait, there's something written on it. Yeah, that's my tattoo. It's the word truth. Why tattoo truth on your junk? Because you can't handle the truth. You understand? And on that day, Flo learned that Bob Levy's porn star name was Dick Slappin'. And now, a few words on television shows. Well, there's been some premieres and series lately because uh, once September rolls through and October, that's when they do that. Uh, Fear of the Walking Dead came along. That's the spinoff from the big monster series of The Walking Dead, which I do watch because uh, so far it's been pretty good. I was a, a big uh, fan of Lost and got all lost in it, you know. And so when it ended, it was quite a bit of a withdrawal, you know. And there was a bunch of shows trying to trying to uh, capture that, and uh, they all failed miserably, except for Walking Dead. I think Walking Dead pretty much soaked up that audience for some kind of, you know, show that's in the sort of fantastic realm, and uh, went way beyond what Lost uh, achieved. So, uh, one of the shows that tried to capture uh, the Lost thing was uh, The Event by NBC. <laughs> it was a perfect example of what not to do with a TV show. I mean, they literally were making it up as they went along. I mean, characters would be there, and in the next episode, they're completely forgotten. And what was that about? I don't know. It, it was just terrible. Um, so... I often refer to it, and recently I would refer to it because uh, there was a show called Under the Dome, which was based on a Stephen King novel, and they said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll turn this into a TV series. The problem was they ran out of the material of the novel within, I guess, two seasons. So, uh, yeah, they didn't know what to do, so then they had to kind of make up a new story, and uh, they didn't really have anything. So it started off pretty strong, and it was obviously a, a lost clone, but uh, uh it just petered out because of the material they ran out and didn't have anything to figure out how to stretch it or, or, or what to do and and uh, it became the event I mean there was things just been making it up as they went along and it just fizzled out and uh, they canned it because it was one of these shows that had a huge following and then you know people realized well this is turned to shit and then they, they dropped it like the proverbial turd in the bull so, uh, that's a, a lesson to learn about these uh, dramas that they do. 
Uh, because uh, I think a lot, the idea behind these uh, ongoing drama things is that the old model of uh, of uh, episodic TV shows where you, you, if you missed one, it didn't matter because it was just all self-contained in each episode. That's not going to work in this Internet age where they're competing with so much other uh, outlets of uh, media. So they the networks, they come up with these shows where you have to follow on each one. And, uh, well, okay, but uh, it's got to be really good. So, and uh, that one wasn't. Uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, um, the spinoff from Walking Dead, uh, it, it was interesting. It gave you uh, a view, which the original Walking Dead didn't, about the world before and watching people react to the uh, zombies as they first appeared and all that sort of thing. Uh, ended on a really sour note, in my opinion, because it was a very anti-military message. And uh, one of the characters in there who was actually, I think, being groomed as one of the heroic ones, which is played by... Well, I called him Reuben Blades. Well, it's Reuben Blood is. But, you know, you've seen him around. He's this guy who's always been around in all kind of movies and shows. Anyway, uh, his character had come from El Salvador and had been involved in uh, torture and whatnot that happened back in those days. And uh, so he was utilizing that on one of the soldiers to get information about his wife, whom they had taken because they thought she was sick with the virus. Little do they know that everyone is sick with it. But anyway, so he was going to go in there and get his wife out of that hospital. Well, the way he did it was there was a bunch of zombies that were held up in a uh, like a, a, a an arena building. They just put a chain on the door and left it in there. So he releases that, and then all the zombies come out, and he uses that to crash this the military base where the hospital is. So he's killing every one of those soldiers there. He's killed all the people <laughs> in the uh, barricaded community they were living in. And he also ends up inadvertently killing one of the cast members because at the end she gets bitten and she has to kill herself or gets her ex-husband to kill her. And uh, so that'll set up stories for the next season between him and his uh, son, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, not a not a great guy there, huh? <laughs> I mean, so, uh, so, but the thing about the uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, the idea of doing a spinoff, to me was to explore something that the original Walking Dead doesn't. And that's not what they're doing. This is just another group that's going to go through the same thing. They'll have different adventures and whatnot. They ended it with this guy, I got a boat and we're going to escape on the ocean. You know, so maybe that'll take them out to sea or whatever and go go to another country. I don't know. But uh, in the end, it's the same story. It's a group of people trying to survive the apocalypse, you know. And they'll run into other nasty people, not just the zombies and all that kind of thing. Well, that's all well and good, but the real story that's not being told is what is this plague? What is the virus? You know, is there any group trying to figure it out? Who, you know, where did it come from? Was it was it some virus that was manipulated by a government weapons program, or is it a natural thing? You know, was it from a meteor or whatever? You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, well, the creator, uh, Robert Kirkman, says, well, that, uh, that kind of story bores me, so I'm not going to do that. So, uh, yeah, he has no real end game here. So uh, that's the only other avenue to explore. So Fear the Walking Dead eventually is going to fizzle out. You know, you're seeing the beginnings, so you're getting a bit of the story that you didn't get from the other one. But eventually, pretty quick, they're going to be the exact same show, which is kind of pointless. So... Don't know. I don't have high hopes for that uh, plan because I would have liked to have seen the version of the explanation of the disease and make the disease the character. But, uh, eh, in my opinion, they got lazy. Didn't want to do that. So, 
We'll see. Another uh, series I was following was uh, American Horror Story. Now, my advice on that one is the first season is the best, and that one's real complete and good, and, uh, and, and, and I can highly recommend that one. The other seasons, the rule of thumb there is that they start off strong and then fizzle out. And the last season was particularly terrible. It fizzled out pretty quick. This current season that started, uh, the rule of thumb has uh, hopefully been reversed, maybe, <laughs> because it's starting out really shitty. <laughs> it is terrible. These first two episodes just weren't really good. The second one was a little bit better. They had a little more story and whatnot, but, uh, you know, it's just everybody's weird and perverted. <laughs> uh, gee, I don't want to spoil the, the details, but... Uh, uh, somebody takes it up the hoop in a bad way. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, other than, you know, there's really nothing there. And Lady Gaga, well, you know, so what? And a lot of the other previous seasons, they would do these musical numbers, and it just took away from the show. It would take you right out of it, and it was just really stupid. So since that Lady Gaga is there, I'm surprised she hasn't done, you know, a, a music video yet, but I'm sure there will be one since she's in it. So... And there again, that'll take you right out of the show. So, I don't know. Like I said, maybe the rule of thumb has been reversed and it'll get better. But, uh, so I'm not really painting a good picture for you to start it if you have it. So, so uh, I don't know. Um, now, the absolute best right now would be Fargo. Uh, the Fargo premiere just happened and uh, it did not disappoint. Uh, the previous Fargo season was excellent. Because uh, then I was, it, it kind of helped me deal with my withdrawal from the Breaking Bad series, which was probably one of the best all-time TV series ever done, uh, second only to the Twilight Zone, which I always keep as my uh, gold standard. Uh, now Fargo is probably the closest thing you'll get to that style, that uh, just absolute almost perfection. You know, uh, with Breaking Bad, I just can't. I never had any complaint with it, and uh, except that it ended. But then, of course, it had to. Uh, and Fargo is very close to that. And this next season is, is you know, just really great. And this, that crew, you know, you could, you know, don't bet against them. So that's a good series. Uh, as before, I mentioned I'm a superhero in there. But the superhero shows, eh, you know, uh, the Marvel Shield Agents show, uh, the first season is just unwatchable. The second, they've gotten better. So that's the one that's growing and getting a little better. And uh, I've kind of missed a couple of episodes of this one. The Flash, uh, I didn't start out as a fan of that one, but it's actually pretty good. The Arrow one, I got, I haven't kept up with it, so I don't know. Uh, but The Flash, eh, you know, if you want to see a superhero show, uh, that's the one you, uh, you go to look at. The Supergirl one, I don't know. I know the pilot was online, but I haven't seen it. But basically, I think the idea there is, is that they took the plot from Devil Wears Prada and just slapped in Supergirl on top of it. So, uh, if that's what you're into, then that's the superhero show for you, and I, I'm not so certain for me. Uh, oh, uh, I guess not exactly a superhero story, but uh, science fiction with the... Uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was all into Doctor Who, the, the old series, and then uh, which ended in '89. Uh, and there had been all these attempts to bring it back, and finally they did about uh, I don't know, over ten years ago now, I guess. Uh, 
Eh, uh, well, it was hit and miss. Uh, most of the shows. The problem is some of the shows that would get really good and have good concerts, but they always got to have some sort of cutesy ending. And it's almost like the, the, the doctor is uh, like God. You know, he just can't lose. And it's just, it, it, it's, a lot of it didn't really explain how he won. I mean, it's just he's impossible to be defeated. Um, and then the cutesy thing and the little romantic adventures, because I think they're steering this one, too, more to a female audience. So, you know, people who, girls who liked uh, Twilight and that kind of thing. Uh of the uh, four men who played the Doctor in the uh, new series, the current one is probably the best. He's more reminiscent of the er earlier versions, and uh, but they're just not giving him the stories for him to flesh out the character he's made. Uh, there's been a couple that this current season, the first one, it started off really interesting for if you're a Doctor Who fan, and then it just went to crap. Uh, the second one was actually pretty good there's little flaws here and there but uh they didn't cute it up too bad and uh it was like a classic episode you know so so there but uh you know it, it's like i'm stuck watching it out of my own i don't know disorder because <laughs> i have to watch but if it was anything else i would have given it up a long time ago uh well, speaking of bbc america this is where doctor who is uh, the other show that they've done, uh, Orphan Black, I can't recommend that enough because it's uh, pretty good just because of the star's ability. to. She has to play clones of herself. That's what it's about. And she does this very well. She's able to just play these different characters, and there's several of them in there. And she's uh, she didn't win an Emmy this year, and I was like, how the hell do you pass her up? You know, but, uh, so, you know, but I didn't really pay much attention to the award shows because I think that's crap uh, but uh, so yeah that's one I could recommend so there you go there's Doug Nelson's TV show advice yes yes you know what would be another great TV show night night but I don't have the money for that so instead here comes another audio chapter of night night you know in the previous chapter it seemed night night had died in a watery grave with his arch enemy the pink elephant did he? Obviously not, because here comes another episode. Oops, I gave it up. Oh, well. In our last episode... Our heroes seemingly met their fate in a watery grave when the out-of-control pink elephant's van did this. I know these guys were idiots, and I guess we'll never know just what they were trying to pull, but... Well, they're dead. I mean, shouldn't somebody say something? Like what? Uh, yeah, all right. Are Night Night Bubo and the Pink Elephant swimming with the fishes? Let's go down deep beneath the choppy surface where we see the elephant's van has settled upon the bottom of the bay. What's this? Yes, it appears the back doors of the van have slammed shut, and as we peer inside, we find Night Night and Bubo both very much alive. Oh God, we've hit bottom. 
In more ways than one. No time for wit, Bubo. Quickly. The oxygen in our nighty night gas mask may be our only means of survival. Yeah. Hey, where's the pink elephant? He leaked out the back door in midair. Suddenly, the outside pressure burst the damaged doors open, and our heroes are flushed into the outside deep, forbidding sea. Oh, shit. Running out of oxygen. Still too deep. Wait. That train is too <laughs> I need bubbles come out of my butt. Damn it, Boobo. Move your ass. <laughs> I did move my ass. Boobo, for God's sake. Clumsily, paddling like drunken frogs, our massed marbles do indeed make their way to the drainage tunnel, which, in turn, leads them to the massive underground complex of the Cityopolis sewer system. Whew. We made it to the air. Yeah, but this air smells like boo-boo. <coughs> yeah, we've got to act fast and get to the surface. And so our heroes begin their journey to the surface and immediately get hopelessly lost. Eventually, they're captured by a race of underworld-dwelling rat people where Night-Night is worshipped as a god and Bubo is betrothed to the chief's daughter. However, when Night-Night fails to miraculously wipe out the rat people's enemies, the cockroach people, and Bubo laughs at his fiancée's tail, they are banished to the surface world. Anyway, our Kate Wonders find themselves back in the sewer tunnels a full two weeks after the pink elephant's van crashed in the bay. Suddenly, Night-Night hears a familiar sound coming from above. Man, my suit has gone from orange to a greenish brown from all the poo-poo. Quiet, quiet, Do you hear that music? What? It just sounds like that crap's medley plays at the club. Exactly, you moron. We're somewhere beneath Club Night, and therefore, the night's lair. Night-Night moves closer to a large drain pipe where the music seems to flow from, but as he closes in, he hears something other than music. Man, why are they so hard on him? So what if he's big and wants to sleep on the bed? He don't shit on the floor. That makes him a good dog when I go. My God, it's better. We must be directly underneath the Club of Night men's room. <laughs> Smitty's probably taking his shit. Stop screwing around and shout to him. And in unison, our masked heroes cry out for Smedley's aid. And at that moment, in the men's room of Club Night, well, time to get back to the celebration of Club Night becoming old. Hey, what's that sound? Oh no, I think he flushed. Smedley, for God's sake, Smedley! What the hell's that? Oh my God, there's a man in the toilet. No, Smedley, it's me. And me too. Shut up, little hole. But as Smedley exits the stall, he is confronted by the pink elephant. What? What are you doing here? Well, when I heard there was a celebration of the end of Night Night at Club Night, well, how could I resist? Good thing, too, because while I was taking a dump, I overheard you talking to the not-so-late Night Night. Uh, uh, I was just talking to myself. Uh, I'm weird that way. Shut up, fool. Man. I doesn't believes it. Billionaire Lyle Richmond is really the Cape Dasso. Night night. All right, here's the plan, Smith. You go take us down to Nighty Night's hidey hole. And then I'm gonna blackmail his ass for every penny he's got. 
And so an unwilling Smedley leads the pink elephant and two of his thugs through the dance floor crowd and into the back office. Once inside, Smedley opens the secret door that leads down into the night's lair. Oh yeah. Now this is what I'm talking about. Damn, I'm gonna need me one or two of them night cruises. Yeah, but I'm gonna need them painted purple with gladiator wheels and lights running on the bottom. Yeah, boys, sounds sweet. Hey, old fight, what you waiting for, Christmas? Open that damn bottom door and let night nut up in here. And so, at gunpoint, Smedley does as he is told and opens a door in the floor of the lair that leads to the Cityopolis sewer. Oh, thank God. Smedley, you're a cipher. What the hell? Pink elephant. Oh, no. It's the pachyderm prince of crime, Night-Night. Goddamn, y'all smell like shit. Well, it ain't because we pooped the drawers. It's because we've been swimming in poo-poo for two weeks. Well, you're going to have to hose that crap off before we go upstairs to discuss how Lyle Richmond's going to pay me to keep my mouth shut about his little cape and tight seat. Well, I really got to hand it to you, Albert. You've beaten me good this time, and... I'm man enough to admit it, so, like I said, let me give you a hand. Boss, the lights went out. Yeah, I can see that, Einstein. He's got a clapper system. Clap your hands, fool. I'm holding a gun. But I have a gun too, boss. I'll bet. No, you don't sweat it. I'll put mine in my pocket. Where y'all at? Over here, Pink Elephant. Right next to my arsenal of nighty-night amnesia gas. And so... Shoot him, boys! Oh, shit! And so, once back into a corner, Night-Night tosses the bomb. And when the smoke clears, it is Night-Night, Bubo, and Smedley who stand victorious. I... I don't remember anything. <laughs> the amnesia gas worked like a charm. Elephant and his thugs will forget everything that has happened for the past week or two. <laughs> I wish I could. No, Bubo. Due to our exposure to the chemicals, as I was developing the gas, you, me, and Smedley are immune to its effects. Uh, you know that shit's rising up into the ventilation of Club Night and onto our patrons. So, a few drunken idiots with some memory loss? No big deal. Speaking of patrons, Smedley, I must admit I'm touched by the memorial you're throwing, as you must have thought all was lost. Oh. Yeah, yeah, right. A, 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 a memorial. And thus ends another amazing adventure of Night Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Mid, is gray hair sneaking up on you? Hey, it is sneaking up on me. Down hair or toe. Men, your world doesn't need to be all shades of gray. With For Men Only Hair Stain, you can re-enter a manly black and colored world and get laid. Now FDA approved for your pubes. Oh, now that's a lot better. And thicker too. Yeah.
Hair stain is for men only. Women, especially pregnant women, should never even touch hair stain unless you want breast cancer, brain cancer, rectal rot, and or retard babies. By purchasing this product, we assume that you do not want the aforementioned maladies. In other Nielsen tidbits, uh, I've been working on another a new uh, a film uh, that I, uh, well, film, like I'm making a movie. No, I'm doing my poor man's uh, Mystery Science Theater treatment to another movie that's uh, by the same people who made the uh, Cosmos War of the uh, Planets movie that's at my Selfie store if you want to go check that out. Uh, and I kept getting interrupted, and what is this take? I've been working on that thing for months, and just a little bit here and a little bit there. And uh, for October, I wanted to have some sort of, uh, you know, horror movie, monster movie, something like that to put out uh, during this time. And I was hoping I could get through with War of the Robots first and put that out. But now <laughs> it's the middle of October, and it's just not going to happen. So I'm going to scrap that one for a bit. I will finish it. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to put out uh, a different one. And uh, it'll be a, a Frankenstein uh, movie. Uh, well, movie. It's actually a, t- a television episode. It's a little bit shorter, uh, but it all it'll also have the uh, next chapter of Flash Gordon and the Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe, uh, Chapter Three, and uh, that'll be on there because that, that's all complete. And eventually, I'll sell the Flash Gordon things uh, separately. But uh, I've been putting the. Uh, the Flash Gordon serial at the beginning of the, the full movies that I do, and even though this Frankenstein thing is not really a movie, but put together it'll uh, it'll be over an hour, so <laughs> good enough. <laughs> but the idea was uh, back in what is now known as the day, uh, uh, movies would have these uh, movie serials, uh, you know, pre-television days, where there was a different chapter each weekend, and. Uh, so before you saw your movie, you'd see that, and then in a cartoon as well. But uh, maybe I'll throw one of those in there at some point. But anyway, so I've been doing that with the the different movies I've done. So there's chapter one and two, which I think is in the uh, chapter one's in uh, Last Man on Earth, and chapter two's in Last Woman on Earth. Uh, those two are also up and available at uh, my selfie.com slash Nelson store, and. Uh, this next one will have chapter three of the Flash Gordon deal, and uh, War of the Robots will, uh, I guess, have uh, chapter four. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, that's what'll be happening. So I should get on that shortly. In the meantime, I'm also working on the Bob Levy Show Halloween special. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, it include the voice talents of. Uh, Bob Levy, of course. Myself. Yes, yes, yes. Joe Conti. Stacy Brusman, if you remember, she was originally with us on that show uh, some time ago. So I asked her to come in and do some, and she and she did. There's been some technical problems. Uh, the mics didn't match up, and I'm trying to fix that. Don't know if I can. Might have to get Stacy to redo her lines. I don't know. If she can. If she can't, well, I'll go with what I got. And also, uh, Rob Saul uh, contributed a bit. Uh, Kinsel did... And I'm kind of wondering what, because he didn't finish and he doesn't want to. <laughs> I don't know. He's scared to or something. I don't know. So uh, part of the lines will be him and part of the lines will be me uh, pretending to be <laughs> him, I guess. I, I, so, but anyway, um, yeah, it's a bit of a Halloween spook show that'll uh, be posted on Halloween. Uh, 
so they're, you know, see, doing so much for you, see, and you don't appreciate it. You know, you don't. <laughs> I'm trying to sell these movies and you won't buy them. Uh, but anyway, so that'll be there. And of course, a continuous stream of uh, Mr. Nelson shows coming shortly. Uh, I, oh, yeah, I got a. Uh, a t-shirt store and uh, you can get mugs and stuff at Society6 which I believe is society6.com slash Nelson somewhere something like that boy I'm really uh, promoting it well uh, but eventually I'm gonna put some new stuff in there and uh, I guess I'll make some uh, you know Mr. Nelson t-shirts and then uh, there'll be some new Bob Levy show t-shirts and that sort of thing so uh, yeah all kinds of goodies isn't that great hey it's almost Christmas time, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. All right, uh, I guess that'll wrap up this edition of Mr. Nelson Show. I'll see you next week, won't I? I won't? Yes, I will. Who can resist this gold voice? Yes, yes, yes. Now I gotta go listen to my show again so that I can pleasure myself with it. Yes, yes. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. Still here